Bible. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 41, Relationship Advice Gone Wild. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the Power of Change headquarters back here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here with my friend Jesse Fury. Hey, Reed. He's going to be our dear Abby today and give us some good relationship advice. <laughs> Actually not, but it's good to see you, man. It's how, good to see you, How too. are you today? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here in the shed. It's been a while since I've been here. That's right. We had yeah, the we you, had the Mobile World Shedquarters right. in Massachusetts you, recently. You took it up to New England, um, and now I'm just glad to be here, man. It's it's almost Valentine's Day, um, which we have much to be thankful for, like uh, little Reese cups made heart heart shaped candies that are bad for you. But I love those. Things. And didn't I think I saw a commercial that Domino's or Pop, someone's making heart shaped pizzas? Hey, of so that's my are. kind of that's of my kind of Valentine's. Sell, sell, sell. Anything, any holiday for people to sell stuff. Yeah. We have lots to be thankful for. Yeah. Do you guys do anything? Do you do anything for Valentine's I Day? I took my wife out to dinner last night uh, to eat steamed crab legs. Uh, wow, we've been uh, we've been on. Where a, do you get steamed crab legs around? Well, here? We, we're in the mountains. We I, I know it's a little you scary. Got red Lobster. <laughs> we did not. We're, red Lobster is very expensive at times. Uh, we went to a place called Poor Billy's in downtown Blacksburg, okay. and they had ten dollars a pound of snow crab legs. How Which, many pounds did you eat? I just ate one. Okay. And uh, we got a little shrimp, too. Very affordable. I mean, 10 bucks, not bad. Yeah. Um, those are most likely opelio crabs um, that are, they can also be, um, what's the other one? I can't remember the other one that can be sold as snow crabs. I know these things a little bit because why, my- Why do you know these things? My wife and I are on this Deadliest Catch Discovery Channel uh, TV show marathon. We've been watching a lot of that. So we know about king crab season and opelio crab season or opies. Um, any deadly catch people out there? Shout out! Go eat you some went crab out to legs. Get some opies. Yeah, we ate some opies, and uh, so yeah, we just did that. Okay, talk, and really kind of had a slow. So I got home a little late. I had a meeting with with uh, some football coaches last night, and then we came home. and And my wife was like, "Do you really want to go?" I was like, "Why do you keep asking me that? It's <laughs> it's our Valentine's for each other." And she's like, "I'm really tired." I'm like, "If you don't want to go, just say it." Like, no, just say it. I'll go eat the crab I'll, legs alone. I will eat them by myself. We had a <laughs> we had a great time, and our kids are. Um, our two of our kids, Kylie and Tommy, were like encouraging us to go on our date because I think they like That's it sweet. that we date and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm down. And you can just leave your kids. We have been Mine in that phase now yet. for uh, several years, and uh, I guess Kayla's 17. So we started leaving them with Kayla when she was probably 12 at yeah. times for short short trips out. But Man. it's a revelation when you got built in babysitting and also a car driver hmm. uh, besides mom and dad. It's a better it's a better life, but life is more complicated. We're looking at colleges, man. It's like Wow, colleges. Yeah. I felt I felt important because my daughter got spammed from Harvard yesterday saying oh. you should apply to Harvard. Um, one of the things that happens these days when you take uh, like standardized testing, uh, PSAT, yeah. Kayla took that, and now you just get spammed from everywhere. So I'm just telling myself that she has no chance to get into Harvard. <laughs> she doesn't want to go there anyway, but uh, I felt like... She could apply there as a backup school. Yeah, she could apply. Virginia Tech, I think, is her backup school. But uh, Yeah, it was my backup yeah. school, too. Yeah. I, I went to Radford <laughs> yeah. instead. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. not true. That's the, Har- <laughs> the Harvard of the New River <laughs> Valley. True. Radford, Virginia. I oh, love Radford. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I don't know how we're going to pay for college, but we're going to try to get into a few places and see what yeah. see what goes. That is wild, man. Well, Valentine's for you guys? Well, you know, Jenny and I will uh, we'll go out on Friday. We've got a babysitter on Friday. So we'll as long as we're repping uh, local businesses, we will walk down probably from our house downtown nice. to uh, the old downtown Radford and go to... Um, 
uh, Brick House Pizza, oh, which is nice. our little yeah. uh, brick oven pizza place in town. And we will uh, we'll eat some pizza. We'll drink some drinks. Awesome. And then we'll walk back uphill uh, and work that pizza off afterwards. You can tell Jesse's been married more than a minute because he knows not to go out on Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's just as much <laughs> love, friends, to do it on a day other than the crazy day where everybody's still trying to prove themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm doing on Valentine's Day, though, is I take my daughter out. Ooh, so I've got two daughters, but nice. one's one's real little. She's only one. So I'll take my oldest daughter out, and uh, we'll go to lunch, though. That's a Very cool. That's a more manageable thing. Yeah. We'll probably go get, like, Chick-fil-A, a milkshake, and walk around Target. Beautiful. Um, you know, take a little lunch break together. Jesse's exhibiting two wonderful uh, practices in life. Uh, being good to your daughters as a dad and dating them, wonderful. And also exercise after eating food that you might cont- uh, put, put, a little, uh, <laughs> put a little love in walk the pocket. Walk it off. Walk it off. Well, we are talking about Valentine's Day in an indirect way. We have a little segment here called Underground Saints. We started, we did St. Patrick last year. Uh, we did a friend of mine, Mr. Malcolm. If you haven't listened to the Underground Saints episode with Mr. Malcolm's death benefit sermon, you got to do that. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to continue on with Underground Saints and see if we can get into the obscure history of this person named St. Valentine, to which we owe heart-shaped pizzas and Reese cups. Jesse, yes. who is this man? Well, this is complicated. It is very complicated. It's complicated because um, well, there are apparently three St. Valentines. Um, there's no real, you know, three from around the same from time around the history. same yeah. time. There's fourteen, it, I think, overall. That's right. One, you're and right. A woman too. You're Valentinus right. or yep. something. Yeah, yeah. There, there's three from around the same time in history, uh, and from around the same place in history, and so it's hard to pinpoint exactly uh, who who is Saint Valentine. Well, the answer is there are there are many. Um, before we get into who Saint Valentine, can can I give a little background to? Valentine's Day. Absolutely. This is insane. <laughs> okay, so um, if you think Valentine's Day is a Hallmark-produced uh, uh, holiday, you're not. You're 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 wrong. Actually, <laughs> you're wrong. this goes way back, right? So, uh, so this goes back to this festival called Lupercalia that the Romans celebrated. Uh, usually around February 14th. Often it would happen for multiple days. This was a festival of uh, of love and lust and uh, and insanity, apparently. Because here, let me describe some of it. Uh, it's like Romans gone wild. It's Romans gone wild. It is, man. The men. So, okay, here's just one of the things that happened on this holiday. The men would sacrifice an animal, like a goat, a dog, and then they would whip women with the hides of the animal oh that they had goodness. just slain. Uh, while they're all drunk and the women were lining up for this, for this, because they believed that if they got, uh, if they got whipped by these bloody hides from these sacrificed, uh, animals during this festival, that they would become fertile. Uh, then there would be a matchmaking lottery involved in all of this, uh, where, where names were drawn out of an urn to, (laughs) to basically couple people up. Uh, so this was a, um, this was a, a strange and uh, wild. Yeah, ladies, wild ladies, festival. aren't you glad you're not signing up for this one? Yeah, this um, is yeah wild festival. So this is yeah. now like third century, um, second century in 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 the Roman Empire. This is happening, and I'm guessing the, the the Christianized version of the Roman Empire afterwards didn't like that. Yeah, so at least the secular theory, right? Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. So um, the way that 
we have Valentine's Day now instead of uh, Lupercalia is that there were at least two, probably three men named Valentine who were who were executed around the same time. Um, so let me tell you the story. One of them, the the kind of the original one or the the one that maybe is traced back to. Um, First is now we're dealing with Catholic history. That's, right? This like, is Catholic kind of hagiography, history yeah, of the saints. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so they're all miracle workers, and, yeah. and uh, must be. Yeah. Uh, the popular legend is that um, Saint Valentine of Turney, which is in Italy, right uh, outside on, of Rome, right? Yep, yeah. On February fourteenth, around two seventy eight A.D., was executed. Uh, for the crime of continuing to perform marriage ceremonies in secret after Claudius II outlawed them so, to encourage men to join the army. So there is this connection to like love, romantic love, that this this priest was still kind of doing these secret ceremonies to, to couple people together. Uh, and then supposedly the legend has it that uh, he signed a farewell note before being beheaded from your Valentine, hence... Uh, where we get this, <laughs> I guess, the origins of yeah. a Valentine's card. or So or every note. little nervous middle school person who's handing out Valentine's or check yes or no kind of can trace back to the hagiography of uh, sainthood with Valentine. That's right. And, and, and instead of being beheaded, they just might have uh, their heart ripped out. <laughs> <laughs> tom, tom. No. <laughs> check no. Uh, and so so uh, it wasn't until I think it was 1913 that... Um, so, so in the 5th century... or. Uh, fifth or sixth century, the Roman Catholic Church, um, I guess, kind of Christianized the the celebration, and so rather than having the pagan ritual of Lupercalia, animals smacking, running around naked, yeah, yeah, impregnations. That's right. They they um, they kind of interpreted it, put a theatrical interpretation to it. Clothes, um, they clothing. clothed it. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Thing. Um, but it was still kind of like a day to celebrate fertility and love and. Um, and that passed on really all the way till Shakespeare and Chaucer. Who yeah, Chaucer? Who, tell us about that. Um, well, I don't know much about that. Do you know much about that? <laughs> yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently in, in medieval uh, Europe, they they and specifically in England with uh, Chaucer, they they apparently thought that birds made it during certain times of year, and so I guess See, I'm so uh, glad I asked Cha- you. I Chaucer didn't know that. wrote a little line of verse about as the maid the birds mateth or something that people couple up as well, mm. and so that kind of the birds and bees. Yeah, and so that the trajectory from Chaucer Chaucer for it, obviously, in the romanticization of the holiday, uh, very much got into this kind of more westernized uh, view of being in love. And thankfully, due to Chaucer and saints and hagiography and Lupercalia, we got Reese cups, man. It's a, it's <laughs> a chocolates. Good, it's a good thing. And heart-shaped pizzas. Miracles of, yep. <laughs> of history. And now, of course, as in most holidays in our culture, uh, many times it's about Sell, sell, sell. It's about money. Eighteen billion dollars <laughs> oh is what they're goodness. is what they're projecting for this year, for uh, for Valentine's sales, flowers, what? cards, uh, chocolates, and yeah. So, are we on board with doing something like we're giving counsel to the men for a second? They should be on point still here, right? Yeah, right. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what we want to what we want to discourage is the idea that I can be a total slob all the time and not take <laughs> care of my wife or my you know that you can make a plan and you know intend to do something kind and nice and thoughtful and yeah yeah yeah. I mean, we don't want to to just be a good husband on Valentine's Day. Yeah, right. But why? I mean, yeah, why write not write poems all year long? <laughs> if you're into writing poems, then do it. Future Chaucer's out there. Well. <laughs> 
We are going to do something crazy today, Jesse. We are going to uh, give relationship advice. All right. <laughs> We're going to do that, friends and undergrounders, by looking at some helpful, well, maybe not so helpful, relationship advice that we found on uh, Forbes.com, which is kind of a magazine about money, typically, I think, but... We're going to, on Valentine's, look at how and the ways we are committed to love. Now, there's many paths to knowledge. You can listen to the wise. You can put uh, teaching into practice. But there's another engine of knowledge called the via negativa, or the way of negation, right? Jesse, mm. Jesse, you're familiar with this because you've looked at medieval theology probably at some point. But there's, a, there's an interesting way of learning by looking at something that's not so that you can learn about a better way that might be. So we're going to look at relationship advice gone wild from an article in Forbes.com called Is Your Relationship Working? Ask Yourself These Five Questions. This is by social sciences professor and writer uh, Jean uh, Couteau, maybe Jean Couteau, uh, who writes on health. I did a little French way back, way back. Who writes on health and wellness uh, for Forbes.com. So on February 6th, she dropped us some knowledge, and I would call anti-wisdom. Yeah, the via uh, ne- negativa, we're going to say, nah-uh. Yeah, we're going to say, no, <laughs> this is not advice that we some think. Of it. Um, but if you want to drop some fools from your lives and create up a lot of selfish reasons to do so, I think she's your, uh, <laughs> she's your teacher. So the article is basically a rubric that you can use to look at your relationships, test them, and assumedly keep or drop those fools, all right? Uh, so we're going to read it and then make some kind of running commentary along the way because, uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day. We want to help you guys out with some relationship advice. So we're going to read and, and we're And we're doing this in part because this, this particular article is, um, uh, wouldn't you say that this kind of, kind of encapsulates a lot of what passes for relational wisdom in the world? I think... I think, Jesse, that that would be a good way to see it. It's uh, common, popular um, yeah, wisdom. Yeah. On we're how... not just picking on Jean Cratou. No, no, she she's probably a fine person. Right. Um, we're just going to look at her words That's right. and read them together. Valentine's Day, she writes, is just around the corner. If you're planning to celebrate, you might also be taking a hard look at your relationship. Is this person a fool or not? Especially if things were less than stellar over the holiday season. Yet we tend to hold on for much longer than we should. If you've got questions about your current situation... Try asking these five questions. Number one, are you both working on things? When we get past the labels, spouse, significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, what we're really looking for, she tells us, is a partner, whether that means having someone for dinner dates, pizza crabs, uh, to split the bills, right, Venmo together, or help carry the burdens of life. If you consistently feel like you're shouldering more than half of the load, it's time to reevaluate. Wow. Je- Jesse, I've just called this wild relationship math. Wow. How do I you, don't want my wife to read this. How does she know, Jesse, if you're shouldering more than half, or if she's shouldering more than half, and she might reevaluate? Well, here's what we're going to see. If you take inventory of the responsibilities you share, the issues you're working on as a couple, or even just the mundane tasks of every day, you should both feel like you're working on things to make your sh- relationship stronger. But if they aren't pulling their weight, you might need to move on. Drop them. Here's the problem with this math. You start with your feels. There's going to be a lot about the feels today. If you consistently feel like, right, I feel like I'm shouldering more than my wife. You ever felt that way? <laughs> I, 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 well, when just, no, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm, yeah, of course. I'm yeah. not answering that. But I don't want to answer that. 
But uh, I'm sure that my wife would say yes to that. Yes. we. I think every person who's ever in a relationship would yeah. feel at time, if you're looking at the feels, uh, that you're doing more than half or shouldering more than half. But this is based on our math, isn't it? Who's counting? Who's keeping score? Uh, whose scales are being weighed when we yeah. see if someone's pulling their weight or not? And if we determined by our own math and calculations that we're a little bit above 50%, maybe, we need to move on. And and then when when? Like how long how long does that imbalance go Thir- on for? Th- right? Thirteen days at fifty one percent, I think. Yeah, is then un- you're is out. Unacceptable. Okay. Yeah. This is not That's just like your math though, right? Let me just yeah, exactly. It's, it's your math. I, I think that many times you could ask a, a, a person in a relationship if they're doing fifty percent and they're gonna say sixty three. And if you ask the other one how much they're doing, they're of course gonna say seventy one. Yep. And this is a never a no win calculation to be done on each other, constantly measuring, evaluating, and judging someone based upon whether they pull their weight or not. And when you determine they're not do with You're you. out. Do with you. Right you know, there. I remember um, I went to a wise older man who I trusted when I was struggling with this at, at a certain point in my relationship with Jenny where I just felt like there was a season where, man, I'm just, I'm it's just, just not 50-50. I'm doing it all. Uh, which is, looking back, is really laughable, but I felt it. Oh, it felt so like... I think what she's on to is something we all feel. We feel it. I, I so I went to this guy and I said that to him and he we were having this like friendly conversation and he stopped and like stared me down and I was like, Oh no, what what did I do? And he said, Whoever said anything about fifty fifty? I was like, Well, you know, that's like give and take, you know, you just mm-hmm. share the load and he said, No, 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 no. You you're you're not gonna you you need to get over this whole idea of having a scale, doing the math, trying to figure out who's get you just get you're all in. You're a hundred percent in. That's it. Period. That's the commitment. Anyway. Amen. Amen. The, the, we would say the plan of our culture is 50-50. The math never works out, and it never works for a relationship. Number two, she says, how do you evaluate these relationships? Do they make you feel good? Mm. <laughs> we, I'm sorry. This is just like, <laughs> do they make me feel good on Tuesday or Thursday? I don't know. We are responsible for our own happiness. It's not your partner's job to give you a sense of completeness or contentment. That needs to come from within. That being said, being with them should make you feel good. Otherwise, what's the point? It's all about the fields, Jesse. You're not going to be blissed out all the time, and you may go through really rough patches. But overall, you should look forward to spending time with that special person in your life. And if they don't make you feel good, explore the reasons why. Then talk to them about it. You deserve, Jesse, Mm. to feel cherished, loved, and valued. If they can't offer that, you may need to make some tough decisions. So I've called this not wild math, but wild feels. First of all, you're responsible for your own happiness. Good luck with that. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the only point, um, you know, the only point in having you around is me. It's me. <laughs> it's all about me. Man. You deserve the right feels. They're around for that. If not, they're gone. They're out. All right, moving on. Number three. Does the relationship add to, that's a more mathematical term, add to your life? We've seen couples who are bad for each other, and we get this, and they get stuck in negative patterns that threaten all the positive things in their life. Have you asked yourself if you're the kind, if in, you're in that kind of relationship, are you bringing each other down or lifting each other up? Is one of you giving up all the things you love to enjoy and pacify and please the other? If so, love yourself enough to stop that cycle. 
being a couple should broaden your horizons, not limit them. In a healthy relationship, there's sharing, compromise, and mutual respect. Amen. You may not have had the same passions, interests, and hobbies when you met, but adding to your life by learning about each other should be a goal. I've simply called this advice wild metaphors. Because she talks about negatives and positives. She talks about things bringing you up or bringing you down these directions. Mm. She talks about broad horizons and not limitations and someone adding to your life. This actually reminds me, Jesse, of a quote that I read years ago from a, a author called named GK Chesterton. And he was commenting on the philosophical writings of Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher of the late 19th century. And he said this, Nietzsche always escaped a question by a physical metaphor. Like a cheery minor poet, he would say beyond good and evil because he had not the courage to say more good than good and evil (laughs) or uh, more evil than good and evil. Had he faced this thought without metaphors, he would have seen that it was nonsense. So when he describes his hero, he does not dare to say the purer man or the happier man or the sadder man. For these are ideas, and ideas are alarming. So he says, the upper man or the overman, a physical metaphor from acrobats or alpine climbers. Nietzsche was a truly very timid thinker. He does not really know in the least what sort of man he wants evolution to produce. And if he does not know, certainly the ordinary evolutionists who talk about things and beings being higher, they do not know either. So the pop relationship uh, advice here, I've called wild metaphors because she says people bring you up or bringing down. I don't know what that means, but what we're talking about is being selfish, but disguising it with mathematical and directional language. You don't add nothing to me. (laughs) You take away from me. Well, maybe that's just selfishness. The next one, number four, I think is really good, Jesse. Have have you been betrayed? You want to read that one for us? Yeah, so she says that when when we say betrayal, many people automatically <clears throat> assume that this refers to cheating or adultery. In reality, there are many ways that you can be betrayed by your partner, and all of them are serious. Whether it's lying about how you've been spending money or allowing their friends or family members to talk about you behind your back, you should never ignore feeling betrayed. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes. If something has happened and you want to give someone a second chance, that's understandable. When it becomes a pattern, however, you need to ask yourself if this is something you really want in your life. Winner, winner. Is this a, is this a winner here? Chicken dinner. I like it, man. You don't have to be betrayed for the rest of your life repeatedly. If you want to forgive and rebuild trust uh, after betrayal, amen to that. Stay together, but repeated uh, betrayals, certainly adultery, Jesus even would say, uh, sometimes that's a reason uh, that you ask, do I really want that? Yeah, and, and when you think about um, marriage in particular as a covenant between two people, when the covenant is broken uh, through particular, particularly you know, strong betrayal, uh, then, then, then the question is, is, am I willing to come back into this? Am I willing to, to, to re-covenant? Right. What's uh, been shredded, yeah. 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 So number four, have you been betrayed? It's a good question to ask. Number five, as vague as you can get, do you really love them? <laughs> Uh, being in a relationship can feel good. In fact, she told us earlier it should feel good. Uh, no one wants to be lonely, although many people live perfectly happy single lives. Coupling up simply for the sake of having someone to hang out with, however, could be problematic. 
If you're not fully invested in the relationship, you risk hurting the other person or committing to a life you don't even want. There's a reason why there are so many romantic comedies where a wedding is interrupted at the altar. People get married every day, though they aren't, quote, in love. Well, I don't know. What is that? Are you, what, are you, what, is about, what does this in love mean? Are you in or out on that uh, category? In love. Oh, man. Um, I'm out on that category when it comes to this kind of uh, vague relational advice because I think it defaults back to feels and I think it defaults back to um, something that's really kind of squirrely and hard to put your finger on um, and and really something that comes and goes. Could change, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even in in the best relationships, it can change by the minute. I mean, it can change based on what you ate last night. I mean, this this is... You don't want to base your relationship on on this sort of... Uh, impossible to define, but we feel it kind of thing. Yeah. And just, just so you know, um, the not, Je- Jesse yeah. is not misrepresenting this article. The, it continues right after that. Waiting for the right person can take patience, but you deserve to feel happy and excited about the person you're with. Well, that's exactly the kind of yeah. thing that can change, right? Yeah. You deserve, Jesse, to feel like they feel the same way about you. The feels are getting, it's a feels all the way down. I can't keep track of it. If you aren't happy in your relationship, the good news is that you don't have to stay in it. As the saying go, there are plenty of fish in the sea. In this first part of 2019, get your tackle and bait ready. Ooh, we going Ooh, fishing. Crab fishing. Um, so. I think they just call that crabbing. No, they call it fishing, they? actually. I watch a lot of this oh, show. See, you watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit on the dock oh. with a. Chicken neck tied yeah, to a string. That's the kind of thing I did with my dad yeah. as a kid. Okay, I repent. But you deserve, according to uh, our article, to feel the feels. And you deserve to feel that they feel the feels too. Got to have a lot of right? feels going around. And you deserve the happy. Hmm. Above all, this Valentine's Day, she says, don't worry about chocolates, dinner, romantic gestures. The best gift you can receive this year is pure love and acceptance. And you can give that to yourself. Hmm. Let's give ourselves a self hug here, Jesse, as we uh, move into the latter be, parts. I will not of, be doing that. <laughs> latter parts of the podcast. So, um, all by yourself. There's a comedian named Brian Regan that my kids really like, and he's got this funny bit about how, through the passage of your life, this uh, phrase of being all by yourself really changes. When you're a three year old toddler and you want to tie your shoe, you, you say. I did this all by myself, (laughs) all by myself. And then, of course, later on when you're 40 and eating chocolates or recovering from a bad relationship and you're thinking, all by myself. (laughs) (laughs) My kids will sometimes break break out into that song just to make us laugh. That's funny. If you can give it all to yourself, pure love and acceptance, wow, he might be God. Well, how do we counter this mm. uh, this thinking because you know there's a few things in there worth taking with us and there's a lot of feeling the feels and being in love and then dropping people when we're not well let's counter today as we close our last few minutes with com- commitment let's counter with commitment mm. so number one 50 50 math how do you ever know if you're pulling your own weight your advice from your friend is spot on Jesus said he came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a, a ransom for many to not consider his own self more, you know, better than others, but to take the form of a servant, right? To love. Love is the answer to yeah. this 50 50 math problem where we trust God and love others. And if you're in a relationship with someone doing the same, well, it's going to maybe even be better 
than the 50-50 math plan that always doesn't work out. That's right. And Jesus gives us not only he gives us a model like a picture of what that looks like and then he and then he gives us the the power to then follow him in doing that, right? Like That's right. he says uh in that you quoted one of these passages in Philippians 2 about um, uh, he didn't kind of quality with God, a thing to be grasped, made himself a form of a servant. But before that, it says to consider others more important than yourself, have this mind in, among you, which is yours in Christ. There's this sense that, uh, we can love one another through Christ and his power and his gospel and his spirit as we follow him and as he, you know, he modeled it. Right. That's so right. that's right. That's no 50, right. 50 math, no 50, 50, percent. You'll in. never know. Just go on and love somebody. Number two, what about the feels? People are not a means to be used for our happiness. That's not why we have them around. Yeah. Uh, human beings are precious beings made in the image of God and they're capable of friendship and interdependence and hope together. Uh, and rather than things to be used for our own happiness, People can actually walk together in relationship as God uses them to shape one another's lives towards holiness. Amen. That um, as much as the struggles uh, that, you know, 20, we'll be married almost 23 years. Um, there have been days that have been very hard uh, where some really ugly things about my own heart have shown up. Uh, and you just have to deal with that. If there's a commitment there and you realize the goal isn't just happiness in the moment, but holiness for eternity as God shapes and changes us through our significant others. Yeah, that's one of the problems I have with the whole tone of the article is, and, and much relational advice, is that there's this um, desire to like uh, br- bring the, the reader a sense of freedom and self-love and autonomy, like, autonomy yeah. and importance. But by doing that, you, you're commodifying other people so much that it's it's like a snake eating its own tail. Like there's That's no right. way to do this without viewing everyone else as right. a means to an end, my own feelings and happiness, which then in turn means that I'm that to them. Yeah. And it just becomes this kind of, uh, yeah, commodification. It's of, a fearful way to relate yeah. to people, particularly when you think about something like marriage because you're always being graded. And the, the, if you're not being useful to their goals of themselves and their yeah. happiness, then you can be, as this article is kind of the purpose of it, reevaluated. Re-eva- you have been reevaluated. Drop these fools, <laughs> right? Well, what about metaphors, right? Of You're not adding to me or we need to take me up and broaden my life uh, with you. Well, instead of metaphors, I think relationships work best in specifics. And I found over the years being very specific with my wife uh, about both strengths and weaknesses, uh, sins, wrongs, and beautiful things has been very helpful. The Bible actually says, confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed right? That there's this confession, apologies, repentance, turning from sin and self to God, praying for one another when we hurt each other, and also saying, I think it's beautiful the way you serve people. My, like my wife this, this week, if I could brag on her, just heard of a need in, in our community through the school. And I was like, she's cooking food and all this stuff. Next morning, my wife's not a chef. She doesn't like the cooking. I was like, what are you doing? Like making a banquet? She goes, yeah, I heard of this family that had its loss. I'm going, Mm. dropping this food off. So for their funeral time and just so they don't have to worry about it. And I'm thinking, I think it's beautiful, Casey, uh, that you serve people that way. Um, and give me some of that macaroni cheese. Uh, <laughs> but specifics are better than metaphors and vagaries uh, in a relationship. Yeah, what you're doing is good, not beyond good or evil. <laughs> it's, it's actually good, not beyond good. You're broadening. You know, me. I know I hurt you, but really, 
What I did was beyond good or evil. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I know I'm lying to you about everything <laughs> in my life, but you need to realize that I'm beyond good and evil. It's like this other thing that it's not like. You yeah. know? <laughs> Are you not feeling the feels that I want you to feel as I feel them right Let's now? reevaluate. Number four, betrayal. Well, rather than betrayals in life, we can seek faithfulness yeah. and and I would say through trust in a faithful and forgiving God. There's a couple of scriptures in the Old Testament um, from the Psalms and the Proverbs. Just I want to read briefly for you guys. This is uh, Psalm 26, 3. For your steadfast love, this is the love of God, is before my eyes, and I will walk in your faithfulness. You know, there's so much betrayal uh, all around us all the time, and we all are longing for faithful people, right? People that keep their promises, they stay present, they uh, persevere with us in life, and and rather than a, a, a rock star Valentine's Day once over, right, there's a steadfast faithfulness to one another in relationships and covenant that comes from the faithful, steadfast covenant love of God. And we can walk in that. Uh, Proverbs 3, uh, a lot of people are familiar with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own sta- understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Right before that, says, let steadfast love and faithfulness, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success mm. in the sight of God and man. Faithfulness is a beautiful thing in a world full of mistrust, suspicions, and betrayal. I know we've been blessed by the faithfulness of our wives yeah. uh, and friends, um, and certainly the world maybe could use us being faithful as men. Jesse, you mentioned the word covenant number five. What's the difference between being, quote, in love and maybe being in covenant? Yeah. Well, we draw the idea of covenant uh, primarily from the scriptures and seeing God making covenants with his people. And those covenants are often, uh, they're, they're, they're deeply, they're thick. There's a sense of belonging. There's a uh, almost uh, pretty much in every covenant in the scriptures, there's a shedding of blood that, which is, which is to say that there's, there's, uh, there's a, um, there's a cost to them. Yeah. There's something where, uh, you know, in the old, old covenants in the old, in the old Testament, you've often got this picture of, um, uh, animals, you've got that weird thing in Genesis, the animals are divided and God passes through between, between the animals and, uh, really, which, by the way, is reversing the idea of how that ought to work. The the lesser king or subject should pass through. Anyway, right. the idea is there are costs to breaking this covenant. This is more than just a um, an agreement. This is more than just a handshake. Uh, there's more. This is more than just a kind of a business, co- uh, um, you know, transactional transaction. Kind of thing. Uh, this is we are now bound together yeah. permanently. And my fate now is connected to your fate, That's and your right. fate is to connected to my fate, and so we're making these strong promises to remain faithful to each other. That's right, Jesse. Which is different from just feeling in love. Oh, my goodness. We, we've both done wedding ceremonies over the years, and certainly telling a young couple that certainly is feeling probably on that date in love, in love. right there Lots in love. Lots of feels. Lots of feels happening, fireworks, all that. But when you say... You're making a strong promise sealed with a sign today, or actually it'll be sealed with a sign in their yeah, marriage bed that evening. That's right. Uh, or, or as quick as I can get get on that. Um, the covenant promise that we see from God, right, all in faithfulness at great cost, Jesse, I think is beautiful and much better than being in love because when you're in covenant with someone, uh, you want to keep that person and you want to keep them in your love. 
And that's what God certainly does with us. Now, this uh, sense of uh, the spirit of our age and romantic love in our age and every romantic comedy, and I, I will watch those with my wife, uh, those kind of movies. I like Sweet Home Alabama and The Proposal. Um, <laughs> rather than entitlement, like, hey, what does this person do for me? Or I drop them. Why could we not look at relationship as a commitment together as humans to the Lord of love and light? Think about these five things a little differently if we want to look at it, bringing the divine being in the center of our relationship. What about 50-50 plan? Our relationship with God has been established by one who gave 100% for us and laid down his life for us. Our relationship uh, to God is committed to our own transformation to make us more human and more like Jesus. And and we'll probably have a eternal happiness uh, in the end. Our relationship with God is established in spite of our shortcomings and betrayals. And we're offered grace by the sacrificial love of our Savior. And God is utterly faithful, the one who does not betray. He does not break covenant that he's made with his people. He shed his own blood to make us more uh, than we would ever be alone. And God does not lie. He's not going to fall out of love with us. Mm. And his love is Man, committed I mean, to the He's not reevaluating. You know, think about it, right, Jesse? Um, what if God looked at us the way this relationship advice gone wild? We'd never be able to trust God. No. No. Never measure up. Never measure up. And a lot of people uh, do look at God that way, that God is constantly looking at them to grade them out on how mm. much they've done, how much they've betrayed. How much do they add? Whether they add to God or make him yeah. happy. Uh, but he says, no, his steadfast love, faithfulness, and mercy comes from his own character expressed to us. And he's full. That's we right. We can't add. That's right. That's right. To one who's full. He's already full. The example of God in Christ uh, has kind of traveled with Casey and I. I, I. I just, to be quite honest, I didn't see a lot of good relationship modeling uh, in my parents. I love my parents, but it was kind of hard to, to see at times. And I was so helpless as a young dude, man, trying to figure out what it would mean to you know be a married guy. It's kind of scary, right? You know, young cats out there who are looking at getting married. Don't be scared, but you better look to the right place. And yeah. We had some kind friends much like yours who pointed you away from a 50-50 idea to a passage in Ephesians chapter 4. This is a New Testament letter that's very much like, what has God done for us, and then how do we live in light of that? And this is at the very end of Ephesians 4. It says, be kind to one another. This is something that I try to encourage men in their relationships with women. Be kind, right? I want my daughters to marry kind men. Um, that's very high on my list because um, I've seen harshness from men towards women, and it's, it's quite a, a frightening thing. But be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Now, if we just ended there, right? Oh, yeah, we should be kind and soft in our hearts towards our, our mates, our spouses, our significance. Um, we should forgive people. Uh, but if you lop off the last part of this passage, you lose everything. Jesse, you want to complete that yeah. uh, scripture for us? As God in Christ forgave you. What's that do for us? Yeah, so we, we now have uh, we now have a foundation for doing this, right? We have uh, we see it, we've received it, we've experienced it, and then we've we've been given uh, the power to then go and do the same thing. That's right. That's right. If we don't become nearsighted and blind, forgetting that we've been forgiven everything, yeah. right? Yeah. When we when we stand over our our wives or our husbands and just utter judgment for their terribleness. 
we forget. If we can't forgive, we're forgetting that God has forgiven us everything. And I've seen this numerous times for both Casey and me. Like, who are we? Who are we to not forgive each other? Because we've been forgiven by God in Christ. Just as he did that, we have a chance not to reject and cast out, kick to the curb, drop them fools, but rather love the foolish and be loved as the foolish by God and by one another. Got anything as we close? Any uh, no, man. special Valentine's no, go, advice? Uh, go get some Valentine's for someone or eat a eat a heart-shaped pizza. Enjoy Galentine's Day if you celebrate that today. <laughs> or Malentine's Day if you're going bowling with some guys. You can do that. Walk after your pizza friends. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power Change of the Bonhoeffer House. Review us on iTunes. We only accept five stars even though the system accepts uh, lesser. We don't. Send your comments, feedback, and or questions you might want us to take up here on the underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture, between love and covenant love. Peace. Peace.